Hey guys, it's Rachel and Sharon and welcome back to Never Did Run True, um, part two of the Bonnie and Clyde story. Um, so if you haven't listened to part one, it would be super helpful if you did because part two is not going to make, you're going to have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> not going to make a lot of sense. Um, but maybe if you're actually already super familiar with the story, you could just go ahead and join us. Um, sure. Don't tell them to not listen. I know, right? <laughs> Basically, what we covered was the beginning of Bonnie and Clyde, their chi- not their childhoods, but kind of where they came from and how they've gotten up to where they are now. Uh, where we left the story last time, if you didn't listen to these back to back, is they had essentially, Bonnie and Clyde had worked together with their gang to orchestrate a very small prison break from the same prison that Clyde had been abused by the system in. And it was kind of the turning point for the police and for the gang where their situation really changed and kind of the beginning of the end is what I would say. It was it was Clyde's ultimate goal to punish the prison that he'd been in, and he kind of succeeded in that. Mm-hmm. So he was probably feeling pretty good about himself. But um, if you look at their whole narrative, it's definitely where, if at any point up to then, if they had stopped, they might have had a, an okay resolution. But at this point, like the prison has issued the statement, like the the perpetrators will be hunted down and killed they are not going to make it through this. So this is honestly where I get a little uh, don't love the police so much in this situation. Um, so obviously Bonnie and Clyde like are going to require something special because mm-hmm. they've escaped the police several times at this point, like a lot of times. I've actually lost count of how many times. <laughs> um, so... The Texas State Police reach out, well, actually it's the Department of Corrections reaches out looking for that special guy to be on their case. And they find, uh, it's a Texas Ranger named, well, his title's Captain, but his name is Frank Hammer. And he had retired from, like, being a Texas Ranger, but he still had all of his qualifications. Mm -hmm. So he could still technically legally do the job. He just wasn't actively working because he was a little bit older. Um. He basically got sworn in it, sworn in as a Texas Highway Patrol, but he kind of got like some special privileges, mm. kind of like license to kill sort of thing to a certain <laughs> degree. Like they literally gave him the assignment of like dead or alive, hunt this gang down, do what you got to do. Um, Just him or did he have other people? He, it's my understanding he brought in four different people to come with oh, him. But he got to pick. Yeah. He okay. handpicked them. I think at least one was his brother. Um, and if I'm understanding my sources correctly... It actually took him a little while, so I think the people switched out once or twice. So was his brother also yes. law enforcement? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were all different members of law enforcement. Some, I think, were active. Some were similarly situated where they had officially retired but weren't done done. Okay. Like, they still could carry a gun or whatever, however legally you want to say it. Um <laughs> One of my sources got really into this hammer guy. Like, he's an actually really an interesting person. But for the sake of the narrative, just know that he was very, very qualified for this job. Um, and his name, Hammer, fits his job description. Like, he was a no-non... <laughs> like, he wasn't going to flinch at the last minute. Um, they actually picked him because he was one of the few people who was willing to shoot a woman. Because... Hmm it was harder, I think a harder thing to wrap your mind around at the time period. Right. So he, he essentially followed them. Like he was on their trail, uh, said usually he was only about a town behind him, which added a sense of urgency to the Clyde and Bonnie gang to like be moving faster and to, mm-hmm. to be, um, 
making more. it easier to slip up too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then that's exactly what happened, <laughs> and it's not. So it was another one of those unfortunate coincidences that they seem to keep running into, kind of like when the deputy at the dance just happened to approach them and they were <laughs> drinking, or when they thought there were uh, bootleggers in the apartments and they were going to ambush them because mm-hmm. bootlegging was also illegal. So there were two motorcycle cops, which I didn't know was a thing in the 30s, <laughs> um, Murphy and Wheeler, and the gang was on the side of the road. I don't know if they were eating. They'd stopped to use the bath. No idea. Um, but the motorcycle, the cops came up to them legitimately thinking that they were a motorist that needed help. Mm. And the gang thought they were after them. And they panicked and they shot them both. But they left several eyewitnesses to this. Mm. And this also kind of metaphorically put Bonnie in her grave because she shot one of them. The news, the reports were highly sensationalized and it was recanted later, but it went into like the media that she laughed while she shot them and then she kicked his corpse. Oh no. She did not like it's clarified later that that was a gross exaggeration. Like she did have the gun in her hand. She did shoot one of them. Um, but she didn't mutilate anyone or do anything horrific like she shot them and then they fled it wasn't it's Mm -hmm. still super bad right but she didn't didn't do anything yeah extraordinary but that's also when the public really really turned on them like they Mm -hmm. i think even up until the prison the public had been oh look they managed to break people out of prison now they're like okay that's it's yeah it's it's awful enough that this woman is now shooting people Mm -hmm. she's not just the getaway driver but she's laughing about it. Like, we have to stop them. And so uh, they started putting out, like, they already have all kinds of warrants, but they start putting out rewards to, like, general public Mm -hmm. for, like, information and for, at one point, for their bodies. Like, there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of rewards out there. Um, Poor poor Bonnie got a a pretty big price on her head. (laughs) And uh, they they keep fleeing. I mean, they're, they're running around like crazy. They... Let's see, when was that? Sorry, I'm trying to remember. Oh, they shot the motorcycle cops on Easter. So another Christmas They're not doing super hot with holidays. Yeah, they shot the cops on Easter, and then they ended up passing while being ambushed and ultimately dying in May of 1934. Okay, so soon. So, yeah, they didn't make it (laughs) long. Like, the noose was really tightening on them. Like, they, they were struggling. So what had happened was... Hammer was following them close enough. He was starting to kind of pay attention to their patterns and how often they ducked into the various houses that they went to that were owned by family or family came to meet them, things like that. And he knew they were getting close. And at one of the instances, one of the men that they broke out of prison, and once again, I'm sorry, I'm bad at pronunciations, Methinvin, I don't know. It's M-E-T-H-I-V-N. I have no idea how to say that last name. Mm. He had gotten separated from the gang. And he went back to his parents' house because Clyde had actually specifically said, if you ever get separated, we all meet at this guy's house, his parents' house. So he met at the house. The cops were already there, not because they knew he'd been separated, but because they knew that Clyde and Bonnie were going to go home soon. They knew the pattern. They had found out the pattern. And so they basically got this guy to turn on Clyde. I don't know what they threatened him with. Mm. I don't know if they just basically said, you'll get to live. Mm-hmm. congratulations no idea <laughs> um but they arranged a amp the police being they hammer and i think some local police 
I'm a little blurry on some of the details. I know he had at least four people with him. I don't know if they were all his special force unit or if some of them were local police. Mm. But they arranged an ambush where the gang member was in a truck and they knew Bonnie and Clyde would be on that road eventually. And so they just had him sit in his truck. Some reports say that they did this for over a day before Bonnie and Clyde got to him. Some said it it was just about eight hours. Mm. Depends on what you read. But... I mean, it plays out what, how you can imagine. You have a truck in one lane stopped. Bonnie and Clyde are going the other way with, like, the intention of passing. Mm-hmm. And the assumption was that he would they would slow down the, their, their vehicle when they saw it was his truck. That's exactly what happened. The police opened fire and just absolutely destroyed these vehicles. Mm. Um, it is assumed that Clyde died instantly. He was shot in the head. They think it was one of the first ones. Bonnie... I mean, it was going to be a quick death no matter what, but there are reports that she screamed. So she was at least aware that something was happening. Mm -hmm. But um, I have the amount. 130 rounds were fired. She, I mean, neither one of them lived more than seconds. And unfortunately, not to be excessively gruesome again, but like their bodies were pretty destroyed Mm -hmm. by it. Like they had a hard time embalming the bodies because they had been so So picked apart. Mm -hmm. And... That was the end for Bonnie and Clyde. Um, There's some degree of backstory. Like they wanted to bear, Bonnie and Clyde actually wanted to, had told their families they wanted to be buried together, but they ultimately weren't because so many people showed up for their funerals. Um, So many people were surrounding their houses that the families couldn't figure out how to to navigate it. So they Mm -hmm. essentially just buried each of them in the family area plots. Um, the car that they were driving is actually still considered like a collector's piece and it still goes on tour periodically. What? Yeah. The guy, I think it was, was it, it was either Hammer or one of the other guys actually like took possession of it after the shooting. How? Mm. But it was a stolen <laughs> car. So the woman who right. originally owned it sued and said, that's my car. I'd like it back, please. <laughs> and she got it back. And then she's like, I'm going to take it on tour. I mean, she did. <laughs> it's, it's reportedly still has their blood in it. Like it's very... I mean, I bet she made money off of that. She did, yeah. And there are reports of, like, unfortunately, like, after the shooting was done, like, the townspeople knew what was going on. So there were reports of, like, pieces of their clothing and stuff being auctioned off that are legitimately theirs. Like, they Mm -hmm. know they got some of their clothes and some of their blood and stuff like that. So it's pretty, it's pretty gross. Um, Some interesting things came of this, like, in general culture. Um, The FBI existed at this time, but it wasn't called the FBI yet. And it, Bonnie and Clyde are not the reason that the FBI exists. I want to be clear here. But it was a reason that it became important to have a, a justice system that could per- pursue people across straight lines. Because they, it is pointed out to me, like, there were multiple times that they were being followed by police that hit a state line and had to stop. stop. Mm-hmm. And there was no way to, like, radio ahead to the next district and be like you catch them now like we would now like if you flee from one county to another you just call the police department and be like hey they're about to be in your jurisdiction can you be can you meet us there mm-hmm. and they can they didn't have radios with the ability to do that they didn't have people who could cross the lines so the fbi not founded because of them but the specific issue they had was tightened up with within the fbi with as far as jurisdictions partially because they had such large areas that their crimes were committed like they if if it happened today it would be fbi's jurisdiction as soon as they cross state lines right so they included that also i thought this was kind of interesting um both bonnie and clyde's had insurance on them 
and it was their insurance company had to pay out to the families for their deaths, even though they were killed by the police technically because of a crime. So like the insurance company still had to pay insurance laws have been rewritten. So like if you're killed because of legitimate, like fleeing the police, the insurance company doesn't have to pay because of your death. (laughs) Makes sense to me. Yeah. And like there was some trickle down things like their various family members were arrested. Mm -hmm. Um, Her her little sister actually got held for like an hour and they were like going to press charges. And someone's like, she's 14, let her go. Like she was doing what her parents told her to do. Um, so I'd say that's like the biggest things is though that they they essentially went down in history, which is impressive. <laughs> yeah, so they went down in history as like this famous crime duo that even even though it's been what ninety years, we knew their names like we didn't know their history, obviously. But like you knew you didn't know in part one of this that they weren't married to each other. Like their names are intertwined forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, to me, they're as intertwined as Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. You don't have Bonnie without Clyde. You don't have Clyde without Bonnie. They were together forever. Just a very different scenario. I think we briefly touched on it maybe in part one. Like, I was really, I had a lot of sympathy for Bonnie, which I know some of this is because I'm a girl and, like, I look at things from a female's perspective. But there were multiple times she could have left. Yeah. She was not... Her crimes were either very, very mild or she wasn't in it at all mm-hmm. for a long time. And maybe she didn't have super good like prospects, but women were working in the 30s. It wasn't like yeah. it was the 1200s where you did not work as a woman. Like she could have found a job. Mm-hmm. She was waitressing for a while. Like she could have survived without him, but she literally chose not to. Yeah. And she, I mentioned she writes poetry and she knows, like she knew what she was committing to was something like is serious more serious than marriage because she was already married to Roy like she made a different promise to Clyde yeah basically till we're both dead instead of till death does us part and that was just insane to me because you said her actual husband outlived her a little bit right I think two years a year or something and I did think it was really interesting that like it sounded like when I was reading the article on that like interviewers or whoever was coming to tell him what had happened to Bonnie was kind of egging mm-hmm. like are you mad that she went down with Clyde and he, he she he said no that's what she would have wanted better which, for her to die than her to be here is exactly it's just it's interesting because yeah she made that promise with him but then she was still wearing his ring yes so that got me too. Why didn't she take it off? Did she still I love mean, him? Yeah, I I assume so. But maybe yeah. she found a better way to continue her life. Or at least she thought so. Yeah. And then she got wrapped up in it and couldn't escape it. Or Yeah, I don't know if she felt like... Because f- we're looking at it from an outsider's opinion mm-hmm. or point of view. But you mentioned um, she smuggled him the gun the first time he went to... Or right. the only time he went to prison. Right when he got in. Did she already feel like she was in too deep at that point? Yeah, were there extenuating circumstances to why she stuck around? Yeah. We n- will we, never know. We I have mean, no idea. And they were very much sensationalized by the media at that time. And even I feel like a little bit till today is like they were, supp- I think they were supposed to be portrayed as sexy. 
Like, mm. they have this forbidden romance, and it's like... It's intriguing. Yes, it's intriguing. They're they're not married. They're robbing together, but they're staying together, even though they don't have an obligation to be. And, that, I mean, did people at the time know that she was married? I don't know if they would have known that she was married to Roy, but I think everyone would have known she wasn't married to Clyde because they didn't have the same last name. Well, because, like, that's why I'm also thinking when everybody was, like, kind of on their side, Mm -hmm. were they thinking about that? Did they think that her first husband had done terrible things and she couldn't get out of that? Like, there's just so many things that you're... It'd be really interesting to find, like, an original... I didn't find one, but if you could find an original article from the 30s that was talking Mm -hmm. about that, I'd be interested to see how they portrayed it. Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of the opposite of our happy family like our we talked a few episodes ago about like our grandparents and how they ended up super happy um and having fulfilled fulfilling lives mm-hmm. and like Clyde or both Bonnie and Clyde never had children or at least we don't know that Clyde had any I mean I guess technically could have but no one's come forward right. and at this point they're not going to they their legacy is violent it's mm-hmm. short it's not happy I mean I think I have a lot of sympathy for them but if you read it just as a Wikipedia article, it they murder people. It's like, they're intense. murderers. Yeah, they're not good people. Now, it's a good example of you turn someone into a criminal and then you punish them for the crimes. Is that ethically correct? Arguably, no. But also, um, there were lots of people who didn't turn to murder mm-hmm. in violent crime sprees. And survived. <laughs> yeah, like my, so let's see. They were born in like 1909 and 1910, and my grandparents were born about 10 years later. But my grandparents didn't murder anyone that I know of. They definitely didn't get famous for it. So yeah. just saying like the similar circumstances produced really good people too. Mm-hmm. And But I still feel like the level of commitment and passion that was there is, is deep. Yeah, It's not what I would ascribe to like for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be super happy if my husband and I never commit any crimes together. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, I understand why it went down in history. Because as I was reading this, I was so intrigued. Like, yeah, I'm a fan now. I mean, not a fan of them, but like, I would like to <laughs> know more. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would be really interested if anyone actually, if anyone out there has any suggestions of like good uh, sources sources for like an actual book I'd really be interested to know more about some of the questions we've asked each other mm-hmm. I'm sure someone's come up with an answer I just couldn't find a good source for it um, but it's I don't maybe you don't feel the same way and it's okay if you don't but um, it makes me feel something which is how I feel like I know it's a good story yeah good or bad like it, I have a reaction and yeah, for me, there's just so much confusion about <laughs> everything. Because, again, it's one of those older ones that we have no way of. We aren't going to know motivations. We're not going to know what people were thinking. All you can know is what the actions were. Mm-hmm. And and what's been written down. And what, Yeah, what's been written down. And I tried to stick to sources that were like not super, um, had no reason to be biased one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And it was hard because even the Wikipedia was a little bit biased against Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. Um they did murder people, don't get me wrong. Right. But every single time they shot someone, they used the word murdered, never killed, mm-hmm. which is not technically wrong, but I just thought it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Because when you think murdered, you think 
ill intent. Exactly. When you think killed, you think. Yeah. And I don't know, like some of the, the majority of their, their murders were not premeditated. Mm-hmm. There was murder, but it wasn't necessarily planned. There were exceptions to this rule. Right. And I'm not saying that you get to murder, you know, it's okay if it's an accident. I'm not <laughs> trying to excuse their choices, but it's just interesting, like how we view it now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, they, they definitely murdered people. Like, yes, but you could just, you could be more fair to them, I think is the thing. Like, that's why I tried really hard to paint the picture of where they were coming from and stuff like that. Cause yeah, why we wanted the backstory. Because mm-hmm. we're not trying to pass judgment. No, this is just, I'm trying it to. It may do, seem like it sometimes, yeah. but. <laughs> we were pretty hard on Cinderella, not going to lie. <laughs> but. <laughs> And they left, they left a lot of people hurt is the thing. Mm -hmm. Like you talked about, like a lot of business owners, they would have had no, the insurance wasn't then what it is today, like to recoup losses. Everyone that they did kill had someone who loved them. Mm -hmm. Um, And Bonnie and Clyde actually had a lot of people who loved them too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their families, we mentioned this briefly, but their families, no one snitched. Yeah. Like, you know that the police knew who Bonnie's mother was and who her grandparents were and who her little sister was. Like, they knew, but they never caught him. And I think that's, once again, it's devotion. Maybe not devotion to good morals, mm-hmm. but it's... Um, heartwarming's not the word I want, but it's it's inspiring to see someone love someone that much. Sure. Even if it's not <laughs> <laughs> the traditional way. <laughs> Like, I mean, once again, I hope I never commit a crime, but I hope if I do, that the people around me still love me because I'm still me. It was still Bonnie who was in a terrible situation. And this is me projecting because once again, we're not going to get these answers, <laughs> but her, her family must have loved her enough to look past that. But that's the question. So do you want your family to love you so much that they'll hide you? Or do you want them to do the right thing morally and turn you in? Yeah. That is a hard one. <laughs> That's probably like for an ethical <laughs> podcast that I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, ethically speaking, you should squeal, but when it comes down to it, you never know what you're going to do. No, you don't. And I think that's a good point too. Like you don't know what you're going to do until you're in that situation. I really doubt that 15 year old Bonnie who loves someone enough to marry them and drop out of school thought that she was going to end up dead on the side of the road at like 23 with someone else with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know where life's going to take you. This is not my most uplifting story. (laughs) But you got a bonus episode. You did. You got a bonus episode. And I kind of hope that one of you guys is intrigued enough to go out there and look up the story yourself and form your own opinions. Because it's, like I said, I had heard it in passing. I knew the vaguest details. And now I would like to know more. So I kind of want to see the car <laughs> as more of it as that is like I'm just really interested yeah, I in want to see how mutilated it is yeah it's and crazy. I, I hope they found peace and death because there's no way they found peace in life mm-hmm. um obviously he was super traumatized she was going with them they were in they spent about three years and probably what had to be some degree of a fight or flight mm-hmm. the entire time. Like, I hope. Oh, and that's just after they started committing crimes. Yeah. So, like, we touched on it the first episode. 
they were born in the depression Mm -hmm. so that's already it's a bad situation within a bad situation like no one was happy in the depression yeah so bad to worse to dead yeah (laughs) like i their their mentality was that there was no relief except for death Mm -hmm. and maybe there could have been if they had chosen to take their hmm, talents a different way but i mean mental illness can be linked to that too you know so absolutely i'm sure there had to have been a bit of that oh depression that you just yeah when you're born into the worst circumstances the hope has to be so small that it's non-existent like Mm -hmm. they couldn't i don't think either one of them well, we talked about it in Cinderella. Cinderella kind of gives the idea that like there's a hope for a better life if you get out of the situation. If you're mm-hmm. good enough or smart enough or pretty enough or like there are ways through it. Mm-hmm. And I think they were realist in that it wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. for them in the situations they were. Like best case scenario was Clyde goes to prison for life and Bonnie gets away with a slap on the wrist and goes back to starving with her mom. Like, it's, if you were in this room, guys, the energy is, like, so low. Like, it's, just talking (laughs) about it, though, like, can you imagine living that life every day? Like, why would you even get up? Mm -hmm. And they got, Clyde got them up for revenge, and it was what he lived for, and it's what he died for. Yeah, it takes one driving force to Mm -hmm. motivate another, and once again, not not a traditional happy love story (laughs) where... Guy gets, Guy did get girl. Sure. <laughs> she both died in the end. We're back to Romeo and Juliet, yeah, guys. <laughs> we, apparently all these stories are the same. But uh, like I said, if anyone wants to reach out on Facebook or mm-hmm. our new email that we just got, yeah. do you want to give that to them again? Never did run true at gmail.com. Um, reach out to us if you have any good sources for me on this um, or... If you're interested in any other stories like this, I can apparently hit up Thelma and Louise because I know nothing about that one either. I thought they were the same thing. Or if maybe you want to share your story with us and then in turn we can maybe share that with everyone else. Yeah, we'd be really interested in anything like that, guys. So um, thank you for tuning in for the super long episode. It was longer than I anticipated, but I really wanted to share it just because it's... um, they weren't the only ones suffering in the depression. They obviously mm-hmm. took it to the extreme. But there were lots and lots of stories of situations like this that were a lot smaller, mm-hmm. where the tragedy wasn't as widespread. But lots of people, unfortunately, didn't survive that situation, that time period. And it's worth noting them, I think. So, as we'll always, we'll see you next week. That's, that's not as always. Sorry. <laughs> Let's take that back. <laughs> Okay, guys. So, yeah, we'll see you again next week. Two weeks. Oh, are we going to do that? Oh, are we going to do next week? We'll see you next week. (laughs) I'm excited. You'll get to hear from me next week. (laughs) Love you. Love you, too.